0: Miracy.
1: It's just what you said. It's important when there is something that seems important but doesn't seem aligned, to bring it into the light, to do something with it before it becomes this nagging barnacle on our journey together.
0: Hello, I'm Melinda Cohen, and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Consult, and we're proud to have helped thousands of coaches create profitable and thriving businesses. This is a podcast where we answer burning questions that newer coaches would love to ask a more experienced coach. Navigating hard conversations about sensitive topics like politics, racism, religion, and so on, like that can cause strain on any relationship. Knowing or discovering that you have a different set of ideologies or beliefs can be uncomfortable, especially if you are in conversation with a client that needs coaching about it, but has totally opposite values than yourself. It's critical for coaches to guide clients to reach their own realizations, even when it's in conflict with our own. But how do you do that when you're triggered? Today, I've invited Danny Ceballos to discuss this topic with me. Danny is a leadership consultant, trainer, and executive coach, and works with organizations across the country to strengthen their effectiveness in leading and managing others through Unleash Consulting and his Best Boss Bootcamp podcast. His vision is changing the world one manager at a time. Welcome, Danny.
1: So great to be here, Melinda. Thanks for having me.
0: Danny, I am so thrilled to have you on the show. Can you share just a bit of your background and how you started Unleash Consulting?
1: Sure. So I've been in the leadership and management development space for about 25 years. I started off working in student affairs at university campuses and then spent 20 years working for a large international nonprofit healthcare organization doing leadership and management development. Um, left there eight years ago today. I just realized, um, and did that because I ran into some leadership where our values were not aligned. So it's interesting to actually have this topic. Of conversation with you. I hadn't thought about it actually until you asked me this right now, but that's exactly why I needed to leave the organization. And consequently, I started my own business doing leadership and management development for others.
0: Okay. Well, I don't know if there's a happy leaving anniversary or something <laughs> like that, but right. uh, congratulations and happy anniversary and uh, thanks. well done on all that you've created in those past eight years.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a roller coaster, but yes.
0: Yeah. Usually our businesses are. Now, through your business, you focus on middle managers, senior managers. Just kind of give us an idea. Why did you choose that for your business?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. So, a lot of the work that I was doing when I was working in corporate and university administration was working with middle and senior managers. I was working with exact leaders as well, but My heart and my head went to working with the core of organizations, the part of the organization that tends to sometimes not get all the attention that it deserves. I mean, we pay a lot of attention to the head of the organization, the executive leadership, pay a lot of attention to how the work gets done, the bottom line, where the rubber meets the road. But the middle of the organization, which is where what I very specifically and precisely call the core of an organization, much the same way as the core of our body, Needs attention, needs strengthening, needs nourishment in order to really support the rest of the organization. So it was a really easy decision for me to make that I prefer to work with middle and senior managers, ideally in conjunction with the executive leadership. So we're working with the entire body of the organization. But if I have to have a choice, it's going to be working with the folks that are right in the middle, caught between rocking a hard place and really the foundation of the organization.
0: Now, we're going to get into this whole topic on beliefs, values, ideologies uh, as a coach working with clients, but you said something interesting. There's no mistake that today's the day that's your anniversary. You left that job because your values weren't aligned. So before we get your perspective from being a coach working with clients, what was that like as an employee inside an organization?
1: It was Horrible. <laughs> it was awful. The exit eventually was graceful, but this was after a very long time that I had been working for an organization that I loved. And to run into new leadership, my new supervision, we could not, as hard as we both tried, <laughs> to be aligned in how we saw how leadership should be executed, because that's what I was. I was an executive leader in this organization. It was painful, really painful. It was humbling in a lot of ways. It was a very difficult period to get through. And so this supervisor and I finally came to the agreement that the best thing was to separate. So we thought through how the transition would work and took care of it in a graceful way.
0: Now, it's so interesting because as I was preparing for this, we're going to be talking about as a coach, when you're working with a client, how do you handle this? And I imagine Being on the other side of that equation, like you've got massive compassion for somebody that's in that spot because you've been there yourself. And that really plays a significant role as understanding the other person's experience and point of view.
1: Absolutely. So, the foundation of my coaching work, and I believe yours, and I believe most coaches, is to start with empathy and compassion to really understand what it is as best as we can to look through the eyes of. The person on the other side of the conversation. I have to say, when you're on the receiving end of leadership or management, and you're not getting what you need, it's a bit different. (laughs) It's a bit different to be empathetic and compassionate. However, I think when we have the power, and even in organizations, in the situation we were just discussing, there was some formal power difference. The person who has the most power, and in a coaching relationship, that tends to be the coach. And so, from that point of view, to be compassionate and empathetic is essential, absolutely essential. So, when I was in the thick of it, it wasn't easy. On the other side of it, not only is it easier, but it's more meaningful and actually critical.
0: Now, in preparation for this conversation, you shared that you have a different take about authenticity and expressed core values. And I just, I'd like for you to talk about that a little bit.
1: So, my Definition or my point of view around authenticity is that effectiveness is greater than authenticity. So I ask my clients to think about what is the outcome that you want in this particular situation. What is the end result? What's the end game? And let's backwards engineer from there to determine what authenticity means to you. Example I give all the time is you know I'm an out gay man. I've been out for many many years. And when you put me on a plane, I make some decisions in the moment based on the information that I have around the kind of authenticity I want to share with my seatmate. More often than not, it's 100% authenticity around who I am, that I'm a gay man. That's an important part of when people ask about my life and all that, but not all the time. There's decisions that I make around what I share and what I don't share based on what I want. I want to have a comfortable ride. I want to be in conversation. Maybe I don't want to be in conversation with my seatmate on the plane. So I make some decisions then, and I encourage clients to think of it the same way. What is it that you want? Backwards engineer from there. Let me help you with that, and then make decisions around what authenticity means to to you with the, for this particular situation. The one thing that trumps authenticity, or I think, is just a better word when we're thinking about this, is integrity. To stay in one's integrity is paramount to not only the coaching relationship, but to life in general. And integrity is very subjective, very, very subjective. I think it frames a different point of view than authenticity does. It's. I think they're close cousins in a lot of ways. Maybe they're even the flip side of the same coin, but I encourage, advise, coach folks to stay in their integrity, to make decisions about their integrity. And leave the authenticity until we need to have this conversation about effectiveness. But integrity is, is there 100% of the time.
0: I love that really nuanced distinction between authenticity and integrity. And let's take it to a situation. How does a coach that's starting to develop their business, how does that person not get overwhelmed when they've got a client that turns out to be quite provocative or they realize that they're very different from themselves. Like how do they navigate that client relationship and how do they avoid conflict or how do they handle that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well it's it's interesting because this came up because of your podcast. So your podcast is around what are the conversations that we need to have as coaches. I was thinking about that and I was thinking, well, there are also conversations that we don't want to have with our clients. And then that Brought me back to a specific client that I had and that I still have, where our values, our politics, uh, the way we see the world, very, very different. You know, you started off your introduction of this with saying, you know, how important it is that we rise above or see beyond those kinds of differences in if we're going to be in true partnership with our clients. And I believe that's true. I also believe that we want to pay some close attention at the onset of the relationship in the contracting phase with our clients around can we do this <laughs> can we actually do this so it, this particular client that i'm thinking of i knew we had some differences based on social media so we were already connected in another group as we were going through a different kind of group experience together this is all virtual i've never met him in person and he wanted to work with me as a coach and we said great and i knew there were some differences and What I knew going into this was we can both laugh about our differences. So, in the contracting phase, and this is what I would encourage your listeners to think about doing, is to get clarity on what's most important for you in order to be the best coach that you can be. And maybe there are some bottom lines around your politics, your identity, your whatever. The pain of speaking outside of your integrity, I think, can be too great for anyone, much less a coach. So I was able to stay in my integrity with this person, so is he. And we went into a coaching relationship and it wasn't strained. Now we didn't delve into any politics. That wasn't our role. That wasn't our conversation anyway. We didn't have a lot in common. So it was easy to rise above that to kind of surf that. It's interesting, however, the coaching relationship has been fairly short lived. And I think in part it's because we both knew there were some things in the background that would prevent us from being compadres on this coaching journey, but I think it's important at the onset to get clear about your own red velvet rope, if you will, if you have one, and maybe you don't, and that's wonderful. Um, You know, case in point is I could not work with a client that voiced their homophobia, for instance. Politics is one thing, but, you know, identity and things that are true for my core and my being and my soul and my most deeply held personal values There needs to be some alignment with anybody that is in my circle, whether that's friends, family, and or clients. So again, the bottom line advice I would give is at the onset, if your gut is saying that there may be a conflict around deeply held personal values, I would say the onus is on you as the coach to raise those somehow so that you, the client, and I, the coach, can at least look at them. And so there isn't something lurking in the background. We have some clarity around um, how we're going to be moving forward together or not you know, coaching is not easy, right? Coaching is, there's a lot that goes into this for really good coaches. It's to bring a good portion of yourself to that conversation and that relationship. So to make some decisions about how much of yourself can you bring safely into this conversation is an important conversation to have at the beginning.
0: There's no right or wrong. I mean, it's going to be for each coach that's listening they're the boss of themselves or the boss of their business, right? They get to make that decision. What are their non-negotiables? I'm curious because you said a couple of times, you know, on the onset, really get clear and it's up to us as coaches to bring it up. How would you bring up something like that? If your gut and intuition is nagging at you and it's like, mm, I think there's some differences here. I'm not sure if this is going to be a good fit. How would you bring that up with somebody that might be looking to hire you?
1: Yeah, we don't need to uncover this thing, point at it, describe it and debate it. But what we do need to do is to make sure that it's in the light. So if there's a gut instinct around any of this, then I would say, follow your gut on this, right? But make sure you have all the data that you need in order to follow your head on the decision. So I think the mistake can be, oh, this doesn't feel right. Well, that's a gut and heart feeling. And I would advise any coach to substantiate that with data. Let's say you're coming to me and we're thinking about working together and it's around managing your own leadership, managing folks that, you know, that are above you, managing up. And we're in conversation about what that coaching relationship would look like. And I know based on maybe something I've heard or I've read that again, you know, just to use this example, I've gotten a sense that there's homophobia, that you don't, for whatever reason, don't appreciate, don't like, don't value working with queer folks then it's on me to somehow bring that up. I would say, and this works really well for me, is to bring it up in a light way. It doesn't have to be a heavy way, I don't think. But to say, hey, you know, I just get this sense from this Facebook post. What did you mean by that? I'm just curious before we get started talking about what coaching looks like. And maybe then I can get the data that I need in order to make the decision. Maybe it's like, oh, I was just copying and pasting a joke that I read from somebody. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. And maybe even to say, well, I, I so appreciate that. I didn't, I didn't get it, but you know I love to copy and paste jokes as well. In which case, the red velvet rope is lifted, right? You, you can come on in. You can come on. We're good. But if the client were to say, yeah, you know, it's just I got this thing about gay people. I don't think I can work with gay people. Well, then I can't be in relationship with you. I can't. So that's the long answer to your question. The short answer is bring it into the light, however you need to bring it into the light, whether it's lightly with humor or pointedly. But the mistake is to let these things go and let them somehow tarnish, poison, take the coaching relationship off track. I mean, that's the danger when we're not honest with ourselves as well as with our clients at the the onset. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, completely. As you're talking about this, I'm going back through all my years of coaching and there was uh, a couple of stories that came to mind. One of the women that hired me, this was years ago, I knew her. We had known each other in different circles and different settings for a number of years. And I knew that there was different topics that we didn't align on. But what she came to me was for a topic that had nothing to do with any of that. And she was like, I would like your help on XYZ. And so we found those points of alignment, focused on that and had that commonality to serve her in that topic. And we just kept it in that container and it worked beautifully. And then There was a coach that I hired and there was some things that he was involved in. I was like, hmm, that is not my thing. And I, as the client hiring him, I said, look, I really think you can help me in my business. I want to hire you, but that stuff you're doing over there, that's not for me. So as long as you don't bring that into the conversation, as long as you keep that elsewhere, I think we'll be fine. And he was like, okay, I can do that. And then we were, and it was great. And I was able to leverage the strengths that he did have to support me as the client. And it worked well. And then there was a situation where a colleague of mine, we'd known each other for a number of years, and she wanted to hire me for her business. And I truly believe I was the absolute best coach to coach her in her business. And she believed that too. And there was one piece in what she wanted to experience as a business owner, because she's a black woman. And so she wanted that perspective, being a woman of color in a leadership business, having her own business. And I had to tell her, I was like, you know, I can help you with your business, but I cannot help you with that. I do not have that experience. I don't have that perspective. I can understand it. And it was like 99% right, except for that 1%, but that 1% was big. And I, rather than making it about me or about her, I went back to her goals and what was important and why that was important, what she stated. And I said, as a result, am I truly the best person for this? And she's like, you are great and I need that one piece. And we didn't work together and we remained friends and colleagues and are still connected today.
1: Yeah, I love this conversation so much. What you said is exactly what I believe. It's just what you said. It's important when there is something that seems important but doesn't seem aligned to bring it into the light, to do something with it before it becomes this nagging barnacle on our journey together. So I full on, I love just what you said and how you handled it and how you respected it and how you allowed for the client to make decisions on what was most important to them. It's funny, we do coaching before we do coaching, right? We do that. We present options, we open up spaces, we have authentic conversations, we show what integrity is, all those things. I mean, it's a good marketing tool, right? It's about saying, this is who I am, this is how I do things. And it's a screening tool, the way I was describing it. But I love what you said. It's also about giving power to the client.
0: And sometimes, like we've been talking and, you know, you've been sharing the insight of at the onset, when you're in those exploratory conversations, those discovery conversations, like really paying attention at that level, but sometimes doesn't come up. We hire them or they hire us, they become our client and we move into the relationship and now it's weeks or maybe months into it. And then all of a sudden... It's like whoa! What did you just say? What was that you? J- and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh m g! How do you handle that situation?
1: That's interesting. I'm thinking about experiences that I've had, and it hasn't happened that often. But of course, it happens. We're different people, so we're running into differences. My experience has been when I'm that far into the relationship, it's not the issue that it is at the onset. It's something else that we can bring into the relationship in a coaching context. That can be, if it needs to be explored, it needs to be explored. If it needs to be ignored, it needs to be ignored. But I think the decision at that point is a lot different than in the initial agreement onset conversations that we're having. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. And if you listen to this show, you know that I believe in having a coach. I think as coaches, it's part of how we're in integrity. You've got to have that mentor, that coach, that guide that you can go to. And this is an exact situation where when something comes up and you're like, whoa, what just happened? And you're in the, it could be shock phase. It could be caught off guard phase. It could be crinkle in your forehead. What was that? Kind of, how do I feel? I'm not really sure how I feel about that. But you've got all these things that you have to process as the coach so you can stay present and serve your client. And we've got to have that place to go to, to talk through those scenarios or listen into episodes like this where you can begin to navigate it and like you said, taking it into that coaching context, that coaching conversation. And there's been times where, you know, maybe I didn't understand the client or something was going on. And I would just say, you know, hang on a second. I just need to ask about something. What I think I'm hearing is, and then just repeat to make sure, A, you're not misunderstanding it. So you're really crystal clear. And then at that point, like you said, explored or ignored, it's like, okay, it's like that one client. Oh, it's not in the compartment we're working in. I'll deal with my own stuff outside of the conversation. Let's get back to the point at hand, the topic at hand. And if I can do that, and if not, to bring it up and say, I think we need to really explore this because I'm going to bring different perspectives, different insights, different experiences because I have a different set of values. Are you okay working within that and exploring different perspectives? Is that going to be helpful for you?
1: Love it, love it. And I would add to that one of the greatest powers and tools that we have that we need to have as coaches is the power of curiosity and especially when one is in relationship with a client I think it's a lot easier to be curious as you were talking I was thinking about other clients that I've had and thinking oh yeah I have run into clients where you know mid-stream through our relationship something's come up and at that point it's like oh isn't that interesting Melinda, I know you so well. And I'm just curious. I'm a little surprised by that. Can you tell me some more? And to stay in the curious place instead of the judgment place. And if appropriate, can I tell you, I come from a different place on that. And since you're working on challenging conversations with your boss, you know, maybe we can can have some fun with this and talk about it. Love that. Right? There's a place for, not everywhere, but there can be a place for spirited difference. You know, spirited, loving, supportive, all that difference but not at the beginning. (laughs) beginning.
0: Yeah, yeah. And there's a question that I always have in my head. It's like when there's something going on in that moment, I ask myself, Melinda, would you rather be right in this situation? Would you rather be triggered in this situation? Or would you rather be open to explore this situation? Like, what is it? And as soon as I say that, I'm like, I can give up being right. I'll deal with that in a different conversation somewhere else with the tools that I have to help me navigate it. But right now, I'd love that, being in that place of curious.
1: Yes. Yeah, in my head, it's a close cousin to the question you have in your head, is, Danny, is it more important to be right and in that be righteous, or is it more important to be effective? What is the thing that we are going for here? You already know it. We already know it. We've identified it. We've been working on it. Will this conversation support that, or will it get in the way of it? If it gets in the way of it, then it's, it, it needs to go in its, the ignore place. But if it's something that can support whatever it is that the, you know, the desired outcome is that the client has that you've agreed to, it's possible that those challenging, loving conversations can be supportive of that outcome.
0: Now, let's take this situation because you work with teams and we've got a lot of listeners that are in that kind of corporate environment, working with organizations or groups of people. So let's say that a team leader comes to you for coaching and you're actually hired by the company or that organization for coaching them. And, the client, the team leader that you're working with, they feel triggered by the organization's, you know, political or racial views or whatever it is and finds it hard to lead inside that team. And you find that your values align with the organization, not the person you're coaching. How do you handle that when it's in that situation? And, you know, we could take the situation, whether it's a team leader in an organization, a parent and kid anywhere where somebody else is hiring you and you're coaching somebody different. How do you handle that?
1: Yeah, it's that simple equation again for me. What is it that you want, dear client? If the objective is about you moving up, for instance, so managing the team and moving up into the next position up, then we need to be strategic about the politic of this, about the conversations that you're having, about the conversations that you're not going to be having. It's all in support of what is the effective outcome for this. So If you're a team leader and you're out of sync with your organization's values or your team's values or any of that, I would ask you, what is most important for you? Now, for some folks, and I'll say this again, around identity, a lot around identity, to be in integrity with one's identity, whether it's around gender identity, sexual orientation, race, class, any of that, if that's most important to you, and I think for a lot of people it is. You know, case in point was the client that you were talking about, the woman of color, then that's most important. So we need to make decisions that support that. The situation you described for most people, when they bring me in, they're just interested in getting this team to be functional, (laughs) right? To have the kind of relationship, to have the kind of supervisor relationship where folks are most effective, productive, engaged, all of that, all of those things. So to do that means more than likely, we're not going to if you can stay in your integrity, dear client, if you can stay in your integrity with this, we're not going to crack open that nut. It doesn't serve you. It's not what you want. I'll just tell you again, dear client, that doing this may get in the way of your initial desired outcome, which perhaps was for promotion. But if it's around getting the team to be most productive, to be most engaged, most aligned, um, there's going to be a lot of things we're going to put in the ignore category. The measure of effectiveness, or the the route to effectiveness. Um, We have to be careful it doesn't get sullied and pulled aside by conversations that we don't need to have. It's only when we need to have them that we need to re contract. We need to re understand what your objectives are. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, especially when it's uh, in this whole topic we've been talking about with the different opinions or values or beliefs, to just bring that as a coaching tool so that you can create the space for them to explore with themselves. And then you as the coach get a little bit more insight into the situation. So, you know, you can kind of inform your intuition, you know, what direction do we need to go in with this?
1: Yeah. You just gave me a great new blog title, Explain, Excuse or Explore Your Choice.
0: <laughs> Ooh, I can't wait to see that one. Nice, nice, nice. Now, Danny, I could go on and on and have this conversation with you because so many other stories are coming to mind. And I just want to be mindful of your time and everybody's time. And so I just want to summarize some of the things that we've talked about in this, what I feel is a really incredible conversation. You started by sharing your own experience on the other side of the conversation when you were an employee, when your values didn't align and how having empathy and compassion, it kind of gave you that experience to be able to look through the other person's eyes You talked about the incredible distinction about authenticity when expressing your core values and integrity and effectiveness is greater than authenticity. And we had some fun really exploring how do we handle conflict as a coach? And you talked about the importance really in the onset early on, how do you kind of screen or vet those clients? And how do they vet you? And how do we have those conversations or not have those conversations? And what do we need to do? And What do we need to bring into the light? And, you know, we both shared those tips about how we can talk with different situations and different people in those different scenarios and, you know, not make it about judgment or about them, but about the bigger why and what is more important in this situation. And I loved the conversation when we were talking about that, taking a moment to pause, really reflect and be curious. When a situation comes up where there is conflict, check in with yourself and your client making sure that we handle our own stuff outside of that conversation. And then your question, is it more important to be right and be righteous or to be effective? I love that self-coaching question right there, which also could be a great tool for our clients sometimes as well. And then how do you handle this conflict within an organization and the new framework that I got to add on to explaining, excusing, or exploring? And so, Danny, do you have any parting words for our listeners?
1: Well, I just want you to know I'm nodding furiously because you captured everything that I would be hoping that you would capture. So thank you for that. I want listeners to think of effectiveness and authenticity on a teeter-totter, right? On a seesaw. And that you really think about which is most important. And I would advocate that effectiveness is always what goes down on the teeter-totter. That's what is most effective. But everybody needs to think about this for themselves what is most important for them. So I'll just leave you with, make sure you're doing your own deep dive into your own stuff before you start bringing in other folks.
0: I love it. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches. And also a big thank you to Danny for this great discussion about opposing opinions or values that you might have with your clients. You can find out more about him at UnleashedConsult.com. That's Unleashed Danny, thank you so much for coming to the show.
1: Thank you, Melinda. It was a real pleasure.
0: I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Mirror CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Course Lab and Once Upon a Business. This episode was produced by Cynthia Lamb. I wrote this episode with Mishi Lance. She assembled the episode. Danny Innie is our executive producer, and post-production was by Post Office Sound. To catch upcoming great episodes on Just Between Coaches, please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people.